Welcome to the Clear Cruise podcast. My name is Andy Harmer. I'm the Managing Director of Clear UK and Ireland and it is an absolute pleasure to welcome you to our latest podcast. Now this one is the first in a series of four podcasts all recorded at the Clear Cruise Forum in December 2022 in the UK. Now in this first episode we talk diversity and inclusion. Uh, with a special panel of experts. So we are joined by Ryan Uhl. He is the Chief Brand Strategy Officer at Mail Metro Media. And we're joined by Shane Riley of Virgin Voyages, Joe Jamuska of Celebrity Cruises and Edwina Lonsdale of Monday Cruising, all to discuss the steps that the cruise sector is taking and what more it needs to do. Enjoy. Ryan, let's start with you. Some really interesting research. Thank you for that presentation. I wonder, um, you, talk, you kept saying there, show us on holiday having a good time, but I wonder how much you think the travel industry is doing a good job, or are we doing a bit of tokenism, or are we doing this long-term allyship that you talked about in your recommendation? Um, I can't say that I know each and every one of your brands well enough to know what exactly you're doing, but I think that you're in an incredible position to be able to offer inclusive and diverse holidays to many different people, especially the cruise industry. I think especially for families that want to go, that do have disabilities or do have um, people with, within their family group that maybe need more care. I think, I think you're in a really strong position to own, own that really and really help those people. And I think that the kind of work you're doing with that charity already is kind of like one of those, one group of working class communities that really need help and really need support. Great, okay, good stuff. Joe. Uh, let, let's come to you because Celebrity actually did a big project, a big photo project, which people may know about, but it was a, about showing all sorts of people, um, and it's been quite successful. It, it got a lot, of, a lot of sort of eyes on it. So tell us why you did that and, and what the take-up has been particularly, because you didn't just do it for Celebrity. You, you created a, lot, a library for everyone to use, oh. and I just know how many people used it. Correct, yeah, thanks. Um, thanks, Ryan. That was interesting stuff. Uh, first of all, as an industry, I think we've got a long way to go. I think we're, we're literally... The great thing is we're now really having this subject matter at lots of different conferences, and I think it's really important, as I always say, there's no competition in DEI, and I think that's the really important thing. So together, we can really make a change. So the uh, all-inclusive photo project, as we call it, came about through the pandemic time, when we were looking at the whole time as to how we evolve the business as we come out of it. And the fact that on board, throughout all of our industry, we have incredible different mixes of crew and of guests, but still actually, if you look at our imagery as an industry, travel industry, and then as a cruise industry, it still very often is mum, dad, and 2.4 kids. Never know where the 0.4 comes from, but it's, it's uh, the 0.4. And there, therefore, we, what we wanted to do was actually genuinely try and get real people, real guests who are travelling with us across a uh, complete cross-section, but we wanted to make sure it was real and it wasn't models and it wasn't just... And it's, as I said, it's a journey. It's only the start of a journey. We're by no means perfect at all. As a result of that, the photographers that we got involved were all people from different communities as well. So they absolutely backed. So the, the photographer in the UK, we had Australia, UK... Uh, US, etc., was uh, Giles Dooley, who's actually an incredible war photographer. Um, and uh, he actually helped with us work together as to who we were going to get involved in. But we said, if we're really going to make a difference, 
A, let's make sure it's real, and B, let's make sure it's open source. So it's open to everybody. And have people taken you up on it? Other yeah, companies, have pe other brands started? About three different companies. I don't, from a cruise industry point of view, less so, uh, which is because there's lots of destination shots. There's some on the ship, but lots of destination shots. But overall, we've got 300 different companies that have gone into it. And what's interesting okay. is a lot of, obviously, CMOs and, 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 P and heads of PR, etc. So okay. we, and this, the key thing is, is that we continue with this. It's not just a one-off. Yeah. So I it's think, the next stage. I think the industry's got better at showing same-sex couples on, on holiday, but it was very interesting, Ryan, you said Asians, disabled people, they very much feel invisible. So do we do enough for those minority groups, Shane? No, I don't. I, I don't think we do. And I think for me, probably mo those of you that know me probably know that I'm the least PC person in the world. <laughs> so there's a great degree of imposter syndrome here. But I think there's one of these, it's one of these topics where we generally shy away from because we're afraid of saying the wrong thing. And I think the first thing from my point of view is you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable and asking those questions. So I cannot... As a gay man, sorry ladies, I am gay. As a gay man, I don't, it doesn't define me. I don't look at ads and I don't have to see an ad to see a same-sex couple together. I want to be talked to as an individual and I want to know that this is a place that I can go that I'm going to feel safe and comfortable travelling with my husband and our son. But equally, I wouldn't know what life is like for somebody who is disabled or of a di different race. It's not for me to be able to provide that solution. For us, it's about what we do at Virgin, I know what they've done very well at Celebrity, is open those conversations and actually be able to say, I do not know what to say. I do not know what the right thing is. I don't know what I should be referring to you as. I don't know uh, what you are looking for in a workplace and begin those conversations. And, and do you think that sometimes causes paralysis of doing anything because we're so no I mean I was talking to Joe about this when I was researching to do this panel I actually said to my 13 year old daughter can can we say people of color and she's so much more versed she was like you can say people of color but you can't say colored and she knew and then she started talking to me all about what you're allowed to say and I as in our generation I just didn't really know and I was worried that I might say the wrong thing and I think sometimes people are so nervous they do nothing it's also a very dry topic, right? And with the grand scheme of things, we look at all these amazing things that come on, and I dare say there's probably half the people in the room saw this on the agenda and were like, oh, here we go again. You know, what are we going to do now? And I think the whole point is to begin that conversation, to actually say, okay, I don't know, I don't know the answers, and open up those conversation points, and find a new way that you can create this a topic around joining that conversation. So we launched something in Virgin called the Book Club, where people from different backgrounds would recommend a book that would, they think represents them. And it became a, a, a group where we had started beginning to have conversations. And we then opened up the, the willingness to be able to say, actually, I really don't know kind of anything about your, your religion. I don't know anything about your background. Inform me so I can start making uh, the right decisions and, and talking with the right language and bringing people into that conversation. All right, let's, we haven't got loads of time. We'll come back to that. But I want to bring Ed Wiener in because we talk there about how we communicate to our potential customers, but there's also a big job to do in the workplace. And Ed Wiener, I know you wanted to talk to and tell people today because I think Clear has just embarked on supporting a big project that you're going to tell us a little bit about. It's very important. Yes, actually quite a small project because, you know, we're only small and you have to... This is such a huge thing. I think you just have to, to say, I can't stop this. I need to find a small way to start, and this is what I'm going to do. So when we're talking about, um, exactly as Brian was saying, you don't, know, uh, you don't know what to say, you don't know the background, part of the problem is that within the cruise industry, the travel industry in general, specific, specifically the cruise industry within the UK, Shoreside, look at us. 
We're so white. It's really quite disturbing. There's nobody there talking on behalf of a, a different community. And also, there's no one for new recruits to, to aspire to, to admire, to think, yeah, that's an industry I want to be in. There's someone that looks like me. That's what I want. So our project is just to start small, within a, a single school, actually, um, that's prepared to put um, uh, passage into work on their curriculum. So it's part of the sit form curriculum. So we're able to go in and do some classroom training about the cruise industry with the support of the cruise lines and then get them out, make, let them see some ships, let them do some work experience with a view to making that a passage into work for young people who are then able to come back and talk to them next year and the next year and the next year after that. And if we can create in a little way this something that works, then we can transfer it over into another school and another uh, part of the industry, another bit of support, another area, another region of the UK. Um, and I think that that's given this is such a huge problem that, that, that starting in that very small way is the only way. And just describe the school that you're to starting with, just describe the school and the kind yeah, of kids Yeah, it's a Battersea school. It's, Battersea is a very odd area because part of it's very wealthy, but we're working with a school that um, has 90% of its pupils on free school meals, so that's the basic. It's very ethnically diverse. Um, there are a lot of kids there that really are not engaged with, with their transition into the workplace. So our aim is to, is to open up those avenues and those opportunities to them. Brilliant. And everyone can get involved and yeah. support you. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, we, I'm sure you'll, uh, Edwina will be around so you can find out some more about that scheme. Joe, I want to talk about another scheme that celebrities involved in. It's the, the Best Buddies International. Mm -hmm. And this is around working with people with disabilities that might be obvious but might be hidden and I think this hidden disabilities is a big issue we need to talk about so just tell us a little bit about what you do in that area. Yes, yeah, so Best Buddies is a, a global organisation um, and we have a programme whereby we will offer employment to various to individuals um, and we've really seen a difference in change as to how they then feel in gaining that self-confidence. It's very similar to the programme that we're talking about with Edwina really, it's giving people the, the confidence to see that there are opportunities and that within the industry it's like ours, uh, that we've, we can offer great opportunities. And just going back to the one with Edwina that I think is important is that when we first spoke about it, you know, we all, there's lots of internship programs that we all do um, and sort of graduate programs, but I think the joy about this one, when we spoke about it yesterday when Edwina spoke at the Clear ExecCon where we all bought into it, is again, if we, if we all, buy into it together, then the scope and scale of what we can do can truly make a difference, uh, as opposed to us, we, of course, we're all going to be doing our own things, but I think it's the fact that we've bought into it together, that whilst Edwina and Matthew are going to own the curriculum to help really get it off, but as an industry, we've all said, yeah, we want to get behind it, and we've, we feel that there's a real opportunity to show younger people uh, that there is a great career ahead of them, and that they don't all have to be graduates, and that it's a complete mixed opportunity for everybody. And we might so. have some new faces in the audience then. That's well, that's what would that be great. Would be, wouldn't yeah, that be fantastic absolutely. this time next year? And I think the other thing to me, it's about positive action as opposed to positive discrimination. And so often people talk about positive discrimination in a, in a negative way. And, and, and everything that we should do as an industry is about positive action. And positive action is 
setting goals, setting strategies, and then making sure that those are achieved, just as we do in all other commercial strategies that we set as well. Yeah. And that's positive action, not positive discrimination. And you said to me earlier, you'd rather people do something and get it wrong than do nothing. Absolutely. If you, the worst thing to do is not to have the conversation. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, Shane, let's, Ryan talked about young people having this broader network and knowing, knowing more people. And you arguably are targeting a younger audience. And you have this language that you use. It's very unique. So do you think you're getting that cut through to talk to these people with the wider audience? Yeah, I think we're, we're looking a lot of ways, right? So we've got the Virgin name, which people used to Virgin stands up for... Uh, uh, for minority groups and is a, generally a pioneer and so Richard has led the way in that. So to a lot of ways, yes, we do attract a much broader demographic of an audience, but I think that is also purposely driven. So when we have leadership meetings, we assess those leadership meetings and who is actually going to be leading a particular project. And we are very conscious of making sure that we have representatives from different backgrounds, from um, different sexual orientation and so on, because there needs to be a, a diverse range of opinions. And if you are in your business and you are making business decisions and um, strategic opportunities that you're reviewing, and it's a room of white straight guys, you're going to get one particular opinion. So you need to look around the room and say, how can you bring in different people from your organization and allow them the ability, to, they might not be in a senior role, but allow them the opportunity to be able to share their opinions and backgrounds because it will ultimately shape the type of clients that you will attract moving forward. So for us, Virgin is huge when it comes to an LGBT community, without a doubt, and uh, we definitely attract a large portion of our sailors, probably more so than the rest of the industry uh, and the rest of the holiday types due to the work that we've done. But also we've got some work to do when it comes to different religions, when it comes to different race backgrounds. So we are calling upon our own teams to help us inform what we should be doing for our sailors. So when they get on board the ships, they feel like this is a place where they can come as they are um, and feel like they can bring their true, authentic selves. Yeah, I mean, you, I've actually read that you've got over 80 different nationalities on board Valiant Lady, for example. So we, you're clearly doing a very good job shipside, mm -hmm. but it's like Edwina said, when you look around the room, we're really white. Why, why is it, you know, shoreside are we not so good? And is, is the UK particularly bad? Are we, uh, is it better in other markets? Well, we had this conversation internally quite recently. So we have just double the size of the UK team. And if you were sat in the US right now with the, the Virgin Voyages team, more than half of the team would be um, from, of a black origin. So it is a very different, diverse mix in the US. And if I'm really honest with you, that was really my learning because I've come from a very privileged white background. Uh, my school, there was... I don't think there was, was there any black people in my school. So I came from a background where I really didn't understand it. And there are things in the world that's accelerated those conversations, such as Black Lives Matter. And quite frankly, that came from a conversation. We're in a meeting, and I was like, guys, I don't even know what I'm meant to say here. I don't know what, I have no idea how to think about, you know, I don't consider myself racist. I would never even, that would even cross my mind. But when thing, people started talking about certain things, you think, actually, subconsciously, you need to be aware of something that you might not even know exists. And you need to acknowledge that that, that could be there inside you. You could have some, an unconscious bias that you really don't know. And it's unconscious for a reason. You just don't know. Um, and the minute you start to have those conversations around, OK, what, what, what do I need to know? And that's about talking to people of those backgrounds. But again, them telling you, well, actually, read this. If you read yeah. this, this will inform your mind. And they able to come to the next session informed yeah. uh, in the conversation. Do you, do you see that a lot, Ryan? Do you see that people 
uh, maybe have that, that bias? And how do they get over it? Do they have to wait for their companies to take the lead, or should, should we all as individuals just go and try and educate ourselves better? I think, I think this is kind of the, the fundamental reason why we worked on Diversity Factor was because a lot of the stuff that we were doing internally was all voluntary, so we put on talks. Um, we had Trevor McDonald um, speak to us uh, in Black History Month to our department, but it was the same people coming all the time to those events, and it's the same people who are gonna join the book club and read the book and try and educate themselves. So what we decided with the researchers, I was like, it's no longer just a nice to have, it's a voluntary thing, it's actually a fundamental part of the planning process. And also we do creative and culture huddles where we've actually, no matter what your level, when you get a brief, we'll send out an, in an invite and say, please come to this session, we would love you to bring your lived experience. So you can have the youngest graduate who's from a certain community come in and give their ideas for that particular brief because you can't change your workforce overnight but what you can do is expand your scope of the people that are in that decision making you can either do that by going externally to actually speak to real consumers but you can also do that internally by being more open to all the different talent you have within your organization Okay, great yes. advice. Yes, Joe. Yeah, I mean, just to add to that, and that's why I think that we're the ones who can make the difference, and I think that's why it's so important. And I think it does—it doesn't matter how big or small your business is; it has to be top down and also bottom up with the employees as well. Uh, because unless, as I said, unless it is agendered, unless it's part of actually making sure that we—and there is a desire and a will. Let's face it; it's got to be authentic. It's got to be real as well. Yeah. I think people see through. The, you know, the lack of authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think it's about everybody, who, to your point, if people are saying, oh, God, why is this on the agenda again? Therein lies the problem, if that's the case. I, I don't think, I think there'll be lots of people here who won't be thinking that. Because, and that's why the, the Edwina, small, from small acorns, as we said yesterday, who knows what will happen. Yeah. But we've made that commitment, we've made it publicly here, so we're going to have to report on it. And that's all we have time for. Thank you very much indeed for listening to this episode of the Clear Cruise podcast. My name is Andy Harmer and it's been a delight to have you listen along. Now remember, there is a whole bunch of events, resources and more podcasts for you at the Clear website at cruising.org. But for now, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.